Welcome to the party, pals. I'm Phil Gawthorne, action movie screenwriter. And I'm Liam Billingham, movie podcaster. And together we host Die Hard on a Blank, a podcast from Sugar23 that explores the influence of Die Hard on action cinema. In each episode, we'll talk about one major action movie that was released after Die Hard. Now, some of these movies take place on a bus. On a boat. Or even a roadhouse. Uh, sure. The point is, these are action movies that couldn't exist without Die Hard, and its DNA is everywhere. Die Hard on a Blank is a celebration of action movies and a deep dive into the ways that Die Hard shaped the action genre. So if you're a casual fan or an action movie Die Hard. Ooh, very nice. Then Die Hard on a Blank is for you. Yes, you personally. Our first two episodes, which are all about the original 1988 masterpiece Die Hard, drop December 21st, because Die Hard is a Christmas movie, wherever you get your podcasts. Phil, do the line. Now we have a podcast. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. Peter Falk is Mikey. I got a terrific suggestion for you, Nick. I suggest you find somebody you can trust. John Cassavetes is Nicky. They're gonna kill me, Nick. They're gonna kill me. Mikey and Nicky. On a night like this, there are no rules. No, no, you fucked it up. No, I fucked it up. Um, hey, I'm Liam Billingham. <laughs> I was pausing for dramatic effect. Okay. I'm George Fragopoulos. Um, and this and is this. an Uvra Buster special edition episode. You're welcome, America. You're welcome. We're giving you Keith. extra content. Hey, Keith. Keith, Keith it's Liam listening. and George. We're giving you extra content. Um. George, what extra content are we giving the world? So, uh, today, continuing, obviously, our deep dive into the Casavetti's oeuvre, we Oof. are going to talk about, not a film that he directed, but a film that he starred in. So this is 1976's Mikey, uh, Mikey and Nicky. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking it's it's Mickey. I thought it was Mickey, too. Of course you are, because you're a normal human being. I kept saying, I can't wait to watch Mickey and Nicky. No, but here's... I thought it was M- Mikey and Nicky, <laughs> and then there's... For half the no, film's running Mickey length, I, they said Mickey. Did they? I think so. No, I think that's just in your head. So this is from Maybe. 1976. It's directed the by Elaine May. Directed by Elaine May, a genius. genius. A genius. And, uh, well, maybe except an, for Ishtar. An un- shut up. An unsung... Um, uh, maybe an unsung presence in the cinema. Listen, Liam here's the, the thing. Liam is the last here's man the in America that no. still goes here's to my die problem with you. I've never seen Ishtar. Then you're missing out. However, I will tell you that we always assign these failures. To, it's like, oh, Elaine May. It's a lady made a, a stinker of a movie. Apparently, uh, yeah, I guess David she- Fincher made fucking The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, and nobody's given that guy a hard time. You're right. Uh, uh, Elaine May also directed, as we all know, Heaven's Gate, which we all That's agree. Michael Cimeno. Yes, exactly. Point. Proven. Done. Oh, so one and white guy got in trouble for acting a shitty movie. First of all, she's she's great. She's brilliant. She's a genius. But let's also just point out that Ishtar sucks. I've not seen it. But maybe we should do an Oeuvre Busters series I'm on Elaine May. I was actually oh. going to propose to you this propose this to you offline. Propose, propose. I was going to propose to you. <laughs> offline. Should we get married? Uh, yeah, sure. On, on the podcast? Yeah. Keith will definitely be you the witness. You know what will be great right? about Keith will, will be, be the witness. It can kind of be like the opening of Mission Impossible Fallout. 
And then we take off our like, masks. Do you, George, take Liam? Sickness oh. and in health. And then, like, the world explodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you should have killed me, and the priest is George, but guy. it's Keith. Yeah, yeah, it's Keith. Yeah. Shit. Apparently, originally, that was supposed to be Alec Baldwin. Which that makes plays the bad guy? No, that play that that administers their oh. wedding. That makes no fucking sense. And then he takes off his mask in the dream, and it's that creepy. No, it's it was uh, supposed apostle to, guy. No, it was supposed to be say his name is something Harris, but no, it was supposed to be Ethan Alec Baldwin. That would make a lot more sense. No, it makes no sense. I think so. It makes sense as the guy that it is in the movie. So this is Spine 957 on the Criterion Collection. And we should also briefly say, so the reason we're doing an episode so also on our Our wonderful Mikey non-sponsors, yeah. cr- the, Criterion the Criterion Channel, which we would love, get at us. Um, Except it, what are you guys waiting for? We need everything that Theo Angelopoulos made. Oh my God! Can on we get, fucking crazy. Can we go? Have you ever seen the traveling players? No, because I'm a pleb. But I I'm, feel bad. I'm so earlier in our friendship, we barely knew each other. I went to we see still that. Barely know each other. This is just a working relationship. How, how dare you? Um, uh, I went to see that film at Museum of the Moving Image, and like the film ended, and our mutual friend who will re- who will remain unnamed was like, "You should have invited George yeah. to this," and I was like. Because he's Greek, and he was like, "No, he just likes movies." Yeah. And I was like, mm, "Yeah, I don't know." That sounds exactly like something Venice would say. <laughs> Classic Venice. <laughs> Classic Venice. <laughs> um, but uh, that movie is a goddamn masterpiece. It is a goddamn masterpiece. Have you movies, seen it? No, sorry, I haven't seen it. I'm just. I'm have you seen his other films? I have. Which uh, one? Ulysses Gaze. Ulysses Gaze. That's the one with Harvey Keitel. Correct. Yeah. It's a very good film. And Eternity in a Day. Eternity in a Day. I can't find. Yeah. Uh, b- 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 Brooklyn Public Library. They have a copy. Get the fuck out. Yeah, because that's where I, I definitely have gotten <laughs> so it from the Brooklyn c- Public fun, Library. Fun story. I got a copy of Traveling Players from the Queens Library in um, oh. 2010, uh-huh. and it was PAL. It was what? PAL. It was PAL format. It was oh, a VHS tape PAL formatted, right. so I put it in my v- my NTSC yeah, player, course, as you and would. it wouldn't work. God. But uh, so anyway, how sorry. does that place stay in business? Our friends, <laughs> because it's subsidized and it's an amazing resource, and it it's is. a miracle, it's a, and libraries miracle. are uh, amazing. And um, tell your librarians that they eviscerate capitalism. Anyway, that they're angels. We have a friend that used to work at Brooklyn Public yeah. Library. This is it's not Fennis, another friend, different friend. Yeah. Um. So the Criterion Channel, which launches April eighth, www.criterion.com. Give them your money. Um, their first movie of the week was Mikey and Nikki, and um, that's been getting a lot of attention. It's it's sort of it's having a, a moment, like an undiscovered classic. Kind yeah, of thing. and so we we classic. felt, and we you know sort of a, from a sort of like it's in the air kind of thing. We felt when we saw that it was the movie of the week, we decided we should cover it. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're doing, especially considering it stars Peter Falk and John Cassavetes. So we both watched it this week. This Cassavetes guy directed a couple of films. You, uh, you know just that? one or two. Just one or two, yeah. Uh, Big Trouble, I think, and um, <laughs> Too Late Blues. Uh, <laughs> Big Trouble in Little China. So what did you think of the film? Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was uh, very good. I had a good time watching it. Yep. Uh, I wasn't blown away by it, but I really, really enjoyed this film, and I would I recommend that people go out and watch it. I was blown away by moments of it. Um, yeah, and again, like... Obviously, again, like watching these guys act, they're so great. Watching them uh, on screen together as like friends and also frenemies in this kind of particular role just also kind of was great. So we should quickly, quickly summarize the film. Yeah. I don't want to spend a lot of time on the summary. Yeah. I just would like to talk about it. Do Maybe it. in a podcast, it's not a great thing to say. I don't want to spend a lot of time on talking this. about. Um, <laughs> do you want to quickly do that or sure? Should I do the honors? So what is this film about? It is. Um, Nikki, as played by John Cassavetes, finds himself in trouble. Um, he's stolen he's some stolen money. money from the mob. 
which is not a good thing to do. And he calls his longtime friend, Mikey, for assistance to kind of like try to get him out of this, um, obviously, uh, delicate situation that he finds himself in. And he's basically, holed up in a hotel and room. Whole, and, yeah, and the film begins like him holed up in a hotel room. And basically, not, nothing really happens over the next kind of hour and a half. It's very much about them kind of like making their way through the city and talking to and talking about um, how they could possibly maybe save Cassavetes, but all the entire time. Save Nikki. Yeah, save Nikki. Sorry. Oh, Cassavetes, yeah, Nikki. But the entire time, uh, Falk, Mikey is really kind of uh, in cahoots with the mob and is he's not working actually, for Dave Resnick. Yeah, is not actually trying to. the name to, of the mob boss. Uh, really help him? It seems at some point maybe he is trying to help him. But um, he's, in fact, not trying to help him. Meanwhile, they're being pursued by a hitman named Kinney, played, played by, by Ned, Ned Betty, Betty, who, the same year that Ned Betty made this film, he made Network. Wow. Think about that. Yeah. Network yeah. is a... I'm thinking about Have it. you seen Network? I have seen Network. It's been what a very you, long time. What do you think of it? It's great. <laughs> uh, it's a great movie. I feel like um, maybe we should do a future oeuvre busters on Patty Chayefsky. Oh. As a writer, not necessarily as a filmmaker. That'd be interesting. That'd be very interesting. Anyway, um, this is a film about interactions. It's about a relationship. It's about a friendship. It, I, I about brothers or brotherhood. I should brotherhood. Say. Yeah. Um, it it definitely is a piece of is a piece with husbands. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very different role for Falk. He's very in control yeah. of his faculties, but then he has some. I feel like Joe Pesci saw this movie. You brought this up, so I, I yeah. would like I would like to not claim credit for it. But you said something to me the other day when we were having brunch. Oh, as where, we as we all um, want to do. There's a little as we <laughs> where there's a little bit of Joe Pesci in this performance. Yeah. So the movie begins with again Casavetes making this call to. You know, he's like Falk. sort of holed up in a hotel room yeah. in Philadelphia. I thought this was a New York City movie. It's actually a Philadelphia. Question: movie. Is this a Hotels.com kind of situation? Airbnb? How do you think you found this place? It was 1970. Oh yeah, those things didn't exist. So he just finds this hotel. He finds himself in it. He calls. He's hiding out. Yeah, he's hiding out. Eight blocks away from Dave Resnick's um, hotel. Yeah, or Dave Resnick's operation. So then, uh, Falk comes over to see him, um, and they have like this very kind of like intense, uh, obviously conversation. And uh, Cassavetes or uh, Nikki doesn't trust him from the very very beginning. Kind of like refuses to let him in. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I guess. Well, he kind of says, like, do I trust you? Uh, or They've like, known each other a long time. But you get the impression that they're no longer as tight as they used to be. And right. they're kind of like both like low-level like mob They're low-level mob guys. I would guess that... Um, they haven't been made yet. I would guess that um, Falk's a little bit higher on the totem pole. It seems that way. Yeah, it also seems because he's not... You get the impression that Nikki's kind of the fuck-up. Which yeah, he's a perpetual fuck up. Put him in right, right. He's, he's married. He has a five-month-old daughter, which was like murderous yeah. to watch his scenes with his daughter. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, and also when you f- obviously with like where the film's going, it's kind of yes brings it all home. Um, but the scene that you're referring to, as far as like Joe Pesci's scene, so he comes over, he comes to the hotel room to take care of him, and he keeps complaining that his stomach hurts. That his stomach hurts. Did this make you think of the bathroom scene in Husbands? It made me think it of did. the bathroom scene. Yeah. Happens, well, yeah. So there's a lot of discussion in this film about like sickness or at least Cassavetti yeah. constantly. It's also a hilarious. There sick. are some lines in this movie that are really, really funny. Um, there's a line about graves oh, later yeah, on yeah, where yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't want a grave. Right. Like it's, it's a very fun. There's some very funny. Elaine May comedian yeah. with uh, Mike Nichols previous to that. Previous to this film, before she was a filmmaker, she was like a very celebrated comedian. Yeah. 
Comedian. 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 That's how the French would say it, can you believe? Comedian. We. Oui. Um, Mon Dieu. <laughs> so, a uh, lo- lot of comedy in this film. More comedy than... Dark, uh, yeah, gallows more, humor. But funnier than a Cassavetti's film. Yeah. It made me, no, you're right. I totally forgot about the graveyard scene. But the scene, the Joe Pesci thing is so that he's... Cassavetti's is his character. Nicky's complaining about his stomach. Stomach. And then Falk goes downstairs to like the diner. This is early in the film. Yeah, very early. And he keep, and he says to the guy behind the diner, he's like, give me some coffee and cream. Or he says, give me... There's a long, arduous conversation about, about like getting the cream. coffee and the cream that he needs. Yeah. Um, and eventually, Falk becomes so frustrated, he jumps over the counter and beats the shit out of this... Of the guy, Very yeah. unassuming coffee guy. It, it happens like that, and he goes from zero... Well, I mean, you know, like, obviously you could tell, like, he's getting annoyed. But he's annoyed, not. He's nowhere. But he's nowhere near where he gets, and he, like, flips the fuck out. And it was very reminiscent of Pesci. One of my favorite things about this, this film is that in the background, there's two... They do look a little bit alike. Yeah. In the background, there's two um, black women, and they're both kind of like, yikes. Like, like just sitting in the background, and it's so deliberate and so smart, and Elaine May knows, like, whatever she's doing with their back with them in the background is it's very working. specific, and it's very funny. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. I, I thought it was very clever. I, I sort of, like, I was like, oh, my walk, my, my, t-. there's, there's two very significant moments with uh, people of color in this film. Yes. Yeah. One is this, and the other is a scene that comes later. And that's I kind of cringed at that scene. It's an too. amazing yeah. scene. It's a truly great scene. Um. So then, uh, just like so, he goes back to the room. He gives him the cream. Uh. Again, there's a lot of really like, interesting like care, right? Because he's like taking care of him, right? Um. Even though he's obviously kind of also trying to just like lure him out, um, in order to like get him in trouble or like to right. So so Falk is contracted by Dave Resnick. He's trying to. I don't know if he's trying to get him killed, but he's definitely, definitely trying to get him back. To uh, yeah, he's working for him. Yeah. Um, Dave Resnick, incidentally, is played by Sanford Meisner. Do you know who Sanford Meisner is? No. So Sanford Meisner. Of the uh, New Haven Meisners? Of the New Haven Meisners. Sanford Meisner, Meisner might be the one of the most significant acting teachers of the 20th ah, century. Ah, you were saying this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a couple people. Um, Harold, Harold Clerman is a... What? I was going to say Uta Hagen and get the fuck out of no, here. No, Uta Hagen's a big deal. Uta Hagen, um, Harold Klerman. makes me happy to just say Uta Hagen. Uta Hagen. Can you stop with the interrupting? Or the just kidding. Okay, so there's, there's, a, <laughs> there's a couple of big names in terms of American acting. Uta Hagen, uh, Sanford Meisner, um, Lee Strasberg. Everyone knows Lee Strasberg. He's yeah. in The Godfather Part 2. Sanford Meisner's like... If you went to acting school, as I did, um, Sanford Meisner's the the shit. Like that's you read his book; it's a big deal. He's sort of like this thing. So to see him in a movie for me was like a huge deal. Like I was like, I didn't even really know what Sanford Meisner looked like besides like the cover of his book, you know. So it was it's just amazing. Like Elaine yeah. May got this like champion. I mean, it's very significant to me that Lee Strasberg is in Godfather Part Two. Oh yeah. Very, very big deal. So, what does he play in Godfather Part He plays Chaim Roth. Ah, Chaim Roth. Yes, yes, yes. So, Lee Strasberg plays Chaim Roth in, in Godfather, Godfather Part 2. Two. And that was a big deal, too. Like, if you know a little bit about acting, like, it was huge. so just anyway, I've never seen He's Sanford Meisner yeah. in, an act, in a film before. And yeah. I think it's very interesting that these, like, big names in terms of acting, they weren't necessarily, like, hugely successful as actors, but, like, they changed the form forever. Yeah. So I don't know. It was very exciting. Then it's also really cool that Elaine May got Sanford Meisner to be in a movie. And he's only in like one or two scenes. Yeah, very, very briefly. Um, and not till the end does he like even think of his first appearance, I believe. Yeah. 
So then um, uh, Cassavetes, uh, Nikki, and Mikey uh, leave, leave the apartment leave and the sort hotel. of this begins the odyssey. Uh, yeah. In the hotel, and this, this begins, begins an odyssey, the odyssey of the night. Of the night. They go, they get some beers, they get some food. Right. And this um, is kind of like a mob version of Before Sunrise. So in this scene, that's a good point. In this scene, um, Falk has set it up so that Ned Betty will show will call three times. At this diner or this so cafe. That, Ned, that, that Peter Falk, and it's a great storytelling device because we know what's coming because they've had a conversation about it. And however, Cassavetes wants to leave that place and go somewhere else because he's suspicious. So they end up leaving there before Ned Betty gets there and they end up... Um, at this bar. At this bar. Yeah, and this is where there's a, like the um an, like a very awkward conf- confrontation. So this bar that they go to it's is frequented by black people. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a it's a bar for black people, and um they go I think they go in there so Peter Falk can call his wife because Peter Falk has sort of become yeah. domestic, dom- yeah. d- domestic domesticated. And there's an interesting conversation they have later about like the relationship that they have with their wives. How and about, old did like, you think they were supposed to be in this film? Oh, look, like in their 40s, clearly. So to me, as characters, they read much younger, but the actors are older, which I think is interesting. Uh-huh. So you think they're supposed to be like in their 30s? Yeah. So it's it's a weird it's a weird casting. I could be wrong, but they, they, they seem like, maybe that's, this is part of the point, but they seem like 10 years past where they, w- the way they're living in the film is, is m- like 10 years younger than their ages, So Cassiv- interesting. Yeah, so Cassavetti starts to flirt with one of the women in the bar. Who's married. Who's married, yeah. Yeah. And obviously the husband is not having this. Uh, and the husband is such a well-defined character so quickly. Huh. He's just so like, no, dude, well, stop. Yeah, well, it's funny It's funny that, he, that yeah, he's, it, it, like, he's definitely, um, like, obviously Cassavetti's character in this scene comes across as being, like, the bad guy. He's a dick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's truly the most repellent character that John Cassavetes has ever created. No. Yes. Ever? Who's worse? Oh, shit. That's a very good question. No one's uh, worse. He's the worst. He's yeah, awful. To credit no. to Elaine May for going where husbands couldn't. I guess you're right. Um, I'm going to think about this. He's maybe disgusting. Respond. So then, yes. Only a woman could create a more depraved man than <laughs> John Cassavetes could. Like, it's, uh, I don't know. I was complete. I thought about husbands the whole time yeah. when I was watching this film, and I was like, Elaine May went further than those guys would have yeah. gone at any point. So there's this. So basically, what happens is like Cassavetes is clearly kind of like egging these dudes on um, and being kind of like an asshole. Um, and if a fog basically gets him out of the bar and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, you know, <laughs> well, he almost starts a fight with a black a guy yeah, yeah. and like he says some, he says some problematic stuff. He's yeah. a racist. He, yeah. Yeah. The character is not the nicest character in the world. And it comes across definitely in this scene. Right. Um, and this is also kind of like, again, one of the many like minor kind of asides that happen oh. to them throughout the night. So there's this. Right. Look the scene after this. Is this? Then they have this. Actually, there's a funny scene on the bus, where. Well, they get on a bus. Yeah. And there's a woman who's like, "You can't smoke on the bus." Yeah. And John Cassavetes <laughs> is like, "Fuck you." Yeah, pretty basically. Much, pretty much. And he's just like smoking on the. Do bus. Do you feel like as an actor, John Cassavetes was sort of like freed by, not having to direct a film because like he's a celebrated actor. He's won an Academy Award for Dirty Dozen. He's in Rosemary's Baby. Like he made most of his money as an actor. Um. But there's something really liberating watching it's him gotta just be. act. Oh, I mean, for himself, you mean like well, and also across. for us as an audience. Like, I feel like, you know, when we when you've watched as many films about that this guy's made, like, you, there's a certain feeling of like, there's something a little liberating. Yeah. About like, I imagine though he must have had like a lot of ideas on the set. Well, 
there was this really reductive review I read of this movie that was like, Elaine May tries to make a Cassavetes movie by mismatching the shots and having bad lighting. And I was like, fuck you. Like, it's disgusting. This is not trying to be a Cassavetes film at all. I mean, it has things in common in the sheer fact that it casts actors in a John Cassavetes film, but like, it's offensive to to say that like she was trying to make a John Cassavetes movie. I mean, no, Elaine May no. was like clearly her own voice, and in some ways, a much more like deliberate filmmaker than John Cassavetes ever was. Okay, so right before was. we started uh, recording this, uh, we did talk very briefly about this about like her, right. her as a director in relationship to Cassavetes, and obviously, I think it's stupid and reductive to be like, oh, well, one person is clearly better than another, but she, right. but she's clearly a more refined, more restrained director. Than yeah. he is. Um, there's a lot of, let's say, uh, clearly, um, not that obviously in Cassavetes everything's fucking like chaotic, but there's clearly a lot of planning and a lot of really excellent like execution in a lot of these shots. That's true. That you wouldn't get, I think, in a typical in an early film. John Cassavetes yeah. film. But one thing that is worth noting is that she did do some really unorthodox things. She would leave the camera running after they'd walked off set because she was like, maybe they'll come back. This film was netting for three years. Like, her husband had to steal reels from the studio so that they wouldn't change the film. So, um, has a very interesting history in in that kind of yeah. It's a really interesting film in that sense, but it's also just nice to see. I mean, these guys work together a lot, Mm. so it's nice to see them just working as opposed to like whatever else must be tied. I mean, I can't imagine what it's like to act and direct your own film, but. Um, the best John Cassavetes is like the John Cassavetes behaving badly kind of model, like where he's just allowed. Like I think that that guy was not afraid to like indulge his most problematic impulses on screen, and yeah, you yeah. see more of even more of it in this film than Husbands, which brings us to maybe the most harrowing scene in the entire Cassavetes catalog, which is the scene where he goes to the home of a woman that he clearly has uh, um, history with, history with, and. They sleep together while Falk is in the next room. Next room. And he just well, keeps being, I love you, baby. And, and there's it's like so, it's, it's, it's it out, it's husbands, husbands. And there's no, um, and the next room is, is putting it lightly yeah, because like there's no barrier. It's like being in college and your friend like making out with a chick. So, uh, yeah. Like fingering so. a chick yeah. to your right and being like, cool, 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 like, cool. This is not happening. It's so uncomfortable. This is not happening. Um, and then what makes it even more fucked up is that there is and this woman clearly obviously like has feelings for Nikki. She's really into Nikki. She's really into him. And then he sort of says to Mikey, "Hey, go, you should hook up." Like, like she'll she'll she'll, she'll, she'll sleep with anybody. Yeah, and then she um he walks over to her and he like starts really creepily hitting on her and clearly she's not having it. Um and she flips the fuck out rightfully so. She slaps him. She slaps him. And then him. he hits her back. And he hits her it's back. the really troubling scene. And they and she's like, "Get the fuck out of my place." Right. They leave. Right, and then Ca- and then Falk and Casavetes have like a f- their final falling out, right? Because the breakup scene, which is an scene. amazing scene, it's like a lot of long takes, a lot of twos. Because Falk is basically Falk basically says something along the lines of like, "Oh, I, you, I feel like you did this on purpose you, to kind of like set me up." Yeah, and also like, like you, whenever you're with Dave Resnick, who's the mob boss, like you ignore me, like yeah. you don't say hi to me, and it's like it's really I appreciate that Elaine May doesn't. A uh, film made now would kind of like telegraph that stuff where we'd have like a pr- like a flashback scene or an early scene where we see these things happen. But like she trusts her audience enough to know that there's like a strained quality to their relationship. 
totally. and that there's also this history between these two guys. Yeah. And we didn't. We sorry. We also we mentioned it very quickly, but we uh, didn't talk about it. <laughs> Surprisingly, we're talking about things out of sequence, right? Where there's the, the graveyard scene, which is before this, I believe, where you find out that uh, Mikey is Mikey is Jewish. Yeah. And and it, the graveyard is uh, Nikki's mom buried. There? Nikki's mom is buried there, and they're like looking for her tombstone. Right, and it actually this is gonna sound so cliche, but it reminded me of uh, Hamlet a little bit. I just uh, thought about Hamlet. I was a gonna say bit. Beckett. Also Beckett. There's a lot like of the Beckett. Clowns, like the well, two the of them, stomach like pain and all this stuff, pain. and they're yeah. clowns. Yeah, there's definitely that. But also, there's this like moment where around. like it's very clear that uh, Mikey is serious about his about being Jewish. Yeah, and he's like trying to say the Kaddish and all these things. Um. He's just like I don't know. It's it's a significant and Falk Falk was the was Falk Falk was Jewish. It just feels significant um, in terms of like Elaine May building on building on the reality the of reality. These, these real people. And what's the like the, like the line? So like uh, Fox characters like even though even though I don't believe doesn't mean like uh, you know I'm gonna be disrespectful. Well, because he keeps saying he keeps apologizing Cassavetes as he steps is. on. So there's this line, yeah. like, well, who do you keep apologizing to? <laughs> yeah, there's nobody here. Yeah. And he's like, a grave is a grave. Yeah. Well, they're stepping on, they're stepping on. Like, that's the same thing. Like, if I was in a cemetery, I would step over. I wouldn't yeah. step on a grave, yeah. you know? Um, but it also speaks to their character, whereas, like, Mikey is a man of a little bit of tradition, whereas Nikki's, like, kind of an asshole. Without question, yeah. Right. And there's, but again, obviously, they um, have this kind of conversation there about you know, death and mortality. And, right. I, and as you said, like, the sickness kind of, like, motif or, like, how... Uh, Nikki's constantly complaining about being sick and about his stomach is this kind of very like sickness onto death kind of thing that was also in husbands a little bit. So they separate, separate. at a certain point in the film. They break separate. up and then what happens? Uh, oh, you mean the, so after the fight they had? Yeah. Yeah. Well, also he smashes uh, Mickey's watch. Watch, which, which is, was, was given, given to him by his father. By who's his passed father, away. yeah. Fatherless men is uh, such a motif in all these movies. Even the, you know, Elaine May, I think, uses that to her advantage yeah. uh and at this point they split up uh falk finds ned Beatty's character uh, and they get sort of search for cassavetti well yeah but then also he, he turns him and says squeal like a pig and there's a really uncomfortable scene we're not going to go in right where fox says to him squeal like a pig are you making a pulp fiction just squeal like a pig no fucking deliverance you didn't see deliverance no, it's not in a long time um never mind so then they sorry they try <laughs> They drive around. I'm Ty Ty. This is the <laughs> second episode we've recorded tonight. They drive around looking for Cassavetes. At some point, they think they find him, but right. it's not him. Um, and Cassavetes goes home, right, to uh, talk his to his his killed poor, me. poor, poor uh, me. his wife Jean, his wife Jean, um, and, and the baby who's five months yeah, old. Yeah, and obviously Cassavetes is the terrible husband. And this is an interesting parallel, or Nikki, sort of an interesting say. mirror to the husband scenes. Husband scene yeah. with Ben Gazzara going totally. over to his wife, yeah, yeah, because the mother-in-law is there. Yes, um, and the wife is kind of like "fuck you" by the end, like sort of he, his charisma and his charm and his desperation. He's so desperate, sort of gets to her at the end, and she's like, they end up making out. But he goes into the the baby's bedroom, and he, the baby's like. The baby's uh, wait no the baby's asleep. I remember this very. He wakes the baby up and I'm like, why are you waking a baby up? What's wrong with you? Don't you want to get some but sleep? Com- but like he spends the whole film obsessed with his own death. Without so question. he knows he's going to die. And he says it constantly. I'm going to die. Yeah, he so fe- he fears it. That's one great thing about this role is how you can sense his fear. Yeah, he's it, so good. In and this that's film. that's the part of the film that like actually like makes him sympathetic. In right. In sense, like you. 
you know, like, do you imagine, like, oh my god, what's, what must it be like to know that at any given moment, like, they're gonna find me and they're gonna fucking kill me, like, no questions asked. And he embodies that really great. You don't spend most of your time thinking about how you're gonna die. The grim specter of death. <laughs> I mean, all the time, of course. But I know sure. that death by polar bear. What? I mean, that's that's how I plan on going. Is that, uh, is that weird? I thought about Central the game. Park Zoo. I got about the game Primal Rage for a couple of seconds. <laughs> Remember Rage. that game? I wait. Uh, fill me in. Is that the um, the game where you could play as like different and, like and giant you destroy buildings? Apes. No, that was Rampage. That was Rampage. <laughs> Primal Rage is the game where you could play That's as similar characters, but you just beat each other up. I don't think there was ah. any like animal eating. I mean, human eating or anything like that. Any hoodle. Rampage will get the fuck out. Whoa. That's right. I went there. Should we do Uber Busters on the Rock? <laughs> we should, of course. Um, the film. I mean, the the, the, the guy, not the film. Yeah, yeah. Even though I would watch the shit out of that film. That's a great Michael Bay film. <laughs> You went there, but no, yeah, it no, is. It's a really it's good. A, it's a great. It's action one of the greatest film. action films of all time. <laughs> Beyond a great action film, it's I think it has. Amazing. I think that film has things to say about like the larger things to say. Right. Yeah, I about mean, it's a very Alcatraz. Like, no, I think it's a very pro because it's a pro America garbage. But I, I think that Ed Harris's character is ultimately right in his point of view about like these men should not be forgotten. They fucking died in Desert Storm for all your bullshit. Yeah, and for like a needless thing. Like I think that that's no joke. You weren't laughing? <laughs> no, that, I, movie? that movie did it for me. That movie does it, it for does me. It does it for me. Um, so then, um, How dare your best. Your Losers best. always whine about the. I got a postcard once from Alcatraz that I flipped it over and it said, Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and fuck the prom queen. <laughs> Amazing. 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 But who's the senpai? My friend Kevin. Know. Oh. Not Keith. Not Keith. Kevin doesn't listen yeah. to the podcast. He listened to the first episode and went, I don't know who John Cassavetes is. <laughs> Keith sends me uh, letters that are from, uh, and they're like, uh, the letters are all cut off in magazines. And it says, like, soon I will be coming. <laughs> Keith sends me custom Weezer t shirts mostly. Bum bum shh. Private joke. So then, yeah, he goes home. He has this terrible, like, scene with his uh, family because, you know, the, the Sword of Damocles will soon fall upon his head. Am I right? Sword of Damocles. And Falk uh, is hanging out with uh, Resnick. Right. And I forgot what the, basically he says something like, um, what does he say? Like go home or ch- or like relax. Yeah, or go don't. home with your wife. Yeah, basically yeah. sends him home. Like we'll find him. So, uh, so throughout the film, Falk's been calling his wife. He's been very like something where the baby's up at all hours, the kids up at all hours of the night. But Falk like also s- sorry, Falk also says Resnick says to Falk like, oh, we're gonna have Beatty drive around your neighborhood looking for him in case he comes looking for you. And doesn't like Fox say something like "Don't have him be like too obvious" or "Don't have him do yeah, too yeah, many yeah, loops." Yeah, yeah. And I because I think ultimately Falk wants to save his like save oldest his friend. friend. Yeah. Um, and this is where the shit goes down, right? So Falk goes home, has a long conversation with his wife about a bunch of things, um, and then Casavetti he reads her this book called "The Prince's Bride" very weirdly. <laughs> And she keeps asking, like sh- at first she's annoyed, but then she's like, "No, actually, no, I'm into it." And then yeah. Fred Savage shows up. <laughs> Weirdly enough, I forgot that Peter Falk was in the Princess Bride. Yeah, it's ama- it's amazing. It just f- comes out of nowhere, like, "Oh my God, it's Peter Falk." Um, my favorite scene in the Princess Bride is the scene where, um, any scene with Andre where the Nicolas Cage says, "Well, it's you. You're the Rocket Man," and Tony, <laughs> Tony, um, Tony, fuck, this joke would be so much better. Candyman, Candyman goes like. I don't like soft ass shit. <laughs> and then he launches the rock, the VX poison rocket out the I window. I that was Candyman. Good oh, speed, Godspeed. I said it twice. Um, Honey, do you want to know how JFK died? 
So then, Fal- uh, Cassavetti shows up at Falk's dun, door, dun, dun. knocks on the door, and now it's like the morning. There's this long, ridiculous, arg- like n- it's just a long. I found this scene. scene very touching. I hated this scene. Why? Because the brutality of it. Because you knew what was happening. Oh, the brutality. Boo! <laughs> like it just went on forever, and you knew that Betty was going to drive around the corner. You knew John Cassavetti was going to get shot. Like it was so. But also, but like Falk, like l- like puts furniture behind them. So basically, yeah, because that guy's a piece of shit, and he should die. Like he's awful. <laughs> no, I know, but. Like the the brutality of it of like I'm gonna fucking like like all right that's it we're done like I'm putting all this furniture like don't fucking come well, in. Well, it's an interesting. It's, a it's very also tough interesting. Scene to it's watch. a little bit. It's a little bit. There's like so one of the things that I think is like not acknowledged. Everyone sits around and talks about how great The Godfather is and Goodfellas. I was like in this movie. No, in general, <laughs> The Godfather and like uh, Mean Streets and they're all really great movies. But like these, this film and Chinese Book are sort of unsung classics of like gangster cinema. Yeah, because there's this nice scene where like, you know, the princess bride. Oh, my God. There's this and Dick Tracy. There's this whole thing where like it's it 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 pains Falk to watch his friend die. But like there's not much he can do in terms of uh, put your Android phone away. Sorry. (laughs) No, it's just it's 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 inevitable and tragic. But I also feel like it goes on for way too long. Yeah, I think it's edited very well. It's a well edited. scene. Yeah. And I think like. I found the I found the brutal in the sense of like because like here everything's on the line. Falk is clearly saying like fuck this guy, I'm done completely and utterly, and I could care less about him. And just like the putting the furniture behind the door of like right. you stay out there, you face your execution, you face your death. And yes, he's a piece of shit clearly, but also like the sense of that clearly they were friends for a very long time, they right? Were, like, brothers and like that relationship is like the the most brutal thing you could do to somebody that we used to love is now just be like fuck it. Yeah, you're done, you you're have dead. to go. And, uh, and in order to preserve his sanity and his family yeah. and his life. And what does he whisper or something? He whispers something at the very end that I couldn't quite get I it. I didn't get it. Yeah. I just and hated it. I played it two or three times and I couldn't. Oh, it. really? Yeah. I just didn't like that the last shot was like. Cast- like it doesn't even cut to Falk at the end, I feel like. I feel like the last shot is like a bloody door. Ah, is it? I thought it, I thought it played black on Falk. Does it? After Maybe he I'm whispers wrong. the like whatever it is that he whispers in. Can you hear what he says? I don't know. That that sequence didn't feel complete to me for an otherwise like really meticulous film. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked it. I I really enjoyed this film. Yeah, yeah. I think it's very good. I mean, I think I think four out of five staccatos. Staccatos. It out Cassavetti's Cassavetti's Ooh. at some points. At some points, yeah. The the the, the back and forth between them. Well, there's amazing. this piece that Nathan Rabine from formerly of the A V Club wrote and he was like, This film is about toxic masculinity. Um in a really I agree with that. Yeah. 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 I mean But more a, so like in for Cat the Cassavetti's character. I mean oh, I, I, what am I saying? The Faw character also with uh, that scene, yeah, yeah, they're they're not neither one of them is great, great guys. But it deals with that stuff in a really interesting way. Um and it might be more harrowing or unflinching than um, I feel like Elaine May can probably examine that in some really really deep ways. Yeah, that maybe uh, Cassavetti's isn't he's not able probably to look into the abyss so to speak in the same way that totally. she kind of does it. Yeah, no, I agree. But go out and watch this film. Yeah, I know. I think it's really really good. And to quote Georg Buchner's Wojtek. <laughs> Mankind is an <laughs> abyss. You can get dizzy just staring in. God, if I like, if I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Quote. Are you a Wojtek fan? Who I isn't? Of course. Ninety-eight percent of people <laughs> that exist on the planet. Our friend Fennis definitely is. 
Venice. Venice is definitely. I'm cutting this out because it's too esoteric. <laughs> um, no, uh, keep uh, that in. Five uh, uh, many staccatos. Many staccatos. Oh, I can appreciate many that. staccatos to you, friends, and many staccatos to you, Liam. I'm George Regopoulos, and I'm Liam Billingham. And am I? This was Uber Busters. The Gross Factor. <laughs> Don't do that again. <laughs>